on iHeartRadio. WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. I've got to congratulate and praise the Pirates players right now. Not ownership and not management. Because if management did the right thing today by acquiring Kella and Archer, and by not having a fire sale... It was because the players forced ownership and management to do the right thing. Ownership and management didn't want to do the right thing. But Neil Huntington ran his big mouth about, quote, the most important week of the season, unquote. And the players called his bluff and won a bunch of games to get back into wildcard contention. It would have been easy for the players to roll over. And I thought they would. But they battled. The key talent did what they're supposed to. Ownership and management considered that and considered decreased attendance in a fan base that's already alienated and decided they had to do the right thing, even though for them, it's not the right thing. The Pirates didn't get Bryce Harper, but nor did they dismantle. Kell is good. Arch is good. The Pirates are better because of those trades. Uh, don't thank Nutting. Don't you dare. Don't thank Huntington. He's just a dupe, although these are two pretty good deals. Thank Polanco, Marte, Dickerson, Trevor Williams. Even Freese has been going off. These are the heroes. They forced the hand of ownership and management. Thank them. Don't thank Nutting and Huntington. Sick again. That's right. Brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. We got Stan Savern at the bottom of the hour. We got Kyle Glazer, National Writer for Baseball America, talking about the Bucko deals at 5.30. Uh, some of the July stats are amazing. Polanco at 289, seven home runs. 948 OPS. That, that of course, is before tonight, the last game in July. Marte at 358, seven home runs, 1.055 OPS. Dickerson at 400, six home runs, 1.253 OPS. Even Freeze, 353 batting average, three home runs, 13 RBIs in the month of July, 1.009 OPS. Trevor Williams, Three wins and a loss, 2.33 ERA. Those guys called Huntington's bluff. As a team, the Pirates hit 276. 34 home runs, that's their high month on the season. 796 OPS, that's their high month on the season. So give the Pirate players all the credit for forcing management to do what management did earlier today. 412-333. 9939. Did anybody see that video of, of uh, Lev Bell? This is the worst looking strip club ass ever. And I have seen a lot of bad looking strip club ass. I mean, a lot of bad looking strip club ass. And they don't get my dollars. Why would Lev Bell settle for this big, fugly, cotton cheese looking ass? If you don't believe me, go online, see it. See it and tell me I'm wrong.
But if you see it, your next worst might be, I'm blind. Here's another trade that got made that shows that, that boy, people can be tone deaf, uh, even baseball executives, maybe especially baseball executives. Houston got Roberto Osuna from Toronto. He's the closer. He's just finishing a 75-game suspension for domestic violence, and the Astros got him. Again, that's kind of tone deaf, especially when a couple of Astros, some leaders, McCullers and Verlander, both posted anti-domestic violence videos when it, uh, uh, tweets, excuse me, when an Astros prospect got busted for the same. How can Verlander and McCullers play on the same team as this guy Osuna and not be hypocrites? Now, the best thing would be for everyone to mind their own business and do their job and let management make decisions, let the league handle the suspensions, and let the criminal justice system grind its wheels. But that just isn't America and probably never will be again. Buckos with a couple of big deals. Somebody in Pittsburgh say something about getting fired up. Uh, let's go to Tony in Washington. Tony, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Hi, Tony. Um, I, I think it's a great deal, you know, or both deals I think are, are great deals. It's finally nice to see the ownership or management go after the high-profile guy. But in my opinion, does this getting rid of Meadows, does that make you any more confident about getting an extension with Dickerson, that they were willing to let him go? I think to make this deal be what it really should be, you have to sign Dickerson now. Uh, well, you have to keep him through his final year of arbitration for sure. And, and then you have to uh, hopefully keep him beyond that, but at least through next year. Because if, if you sign Archer and leave a gaping hole in your outfield next year, well, you still did what was right by the team this year, and you have to respect that. But the deal doesn't look good if they trade Dickerson uh, or let or, or walk away from his arbitration, which they won't do. They would trade his rights. But if Dickerson's not here next year, that makes the deal not as good. I think that's fair to say. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. You know, I'm wondering who comes out of the rotation for Archer. Won't be Tyon. Won't be Nova. Won't be Trevor Williams. Won't be Musgrove. I guess they take Kingham out of the rotation, and then Cool never gets back in the rotation. You know, I think Kingham's a good pitcher, and I thought they broke his momentum. When he came up, did real good, and got set right back down, and that happened a couple times. I think the Pirates killed his momentum, but now you can't ask why. You just have to look at what. His ERA is 4.8. I would assume that Archer takes Kingham's spot. Let's go to Bill in North Huntington. Bill, you're on with Double M. How you doing, Mark? Terrific. I agree with you 100%. The players forced their hands. And I, they're probably not even happy the players did that. But I think they'll take Nova. I think they'll get rid of Nova in the offseason. I don't see them paying both of them. But they have to keep well, If they get rid of Nova in the offseason, what then is the point of getting Archer? You know, stop well, thinking about Nutting's money. You shouldn't care about Nutting's money. F Nutting, F his money, F that hillbilly, F his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Don't worry about his money. I agree with you, but I'm just saying. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Okay, don't say what you were just saying. Don't worry about his money. 
And that's the greatest trick Nutting ever pulled. I'll say it again. Bob Nutting managed to convince you to care about his money like it's your money, even as he took your money and made it his money. Absolutely brilliant. Of course you can pay Nova and Archer. The guy's a billionaire. He's the 10th richest owner in MLB. If payroll goes up, I'm not going to congratulate him. Not for something that should have happened long ago. Let's go to Brandon and Beaver. Brandon, you're on with Double M. What's up, Big Sexy? How are you today? What up, man? Uh, I was calling to wonder out of this whole year, who's the best pickup we have? Because I think Mackenzie Corey Dickerson is the best pickup we got. What's Mackenzie Corey Dickerson mean? That's his first name. Why would you say that? You're trying to act like you know more than somebody else because you can read a baseball card? No, I was just calling him by his first name. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye, dork. Yeah, Corey Dickerson's done a great job. Uh, If he turns out to be the best acquisition, though, they won't make the playoffs. They need Chris Archer to turn out to be the best acquisition. Uh, 412-333-9939. If you're just tuning in, they got Kella in the bullpen, they got Archer in the rotation, and they got a much better chance to make the playoffs. You tell me. Scale of 1 to 10. What are the Pirates' chances to make the playoffs now? I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, 5. Maybe. Uh, Actually, probably a pretty solid 5. I I can't go higher than 50-50. Because uh, when I look at the wild card standings, uh, the Pirates are still 3.5 games back, and they still have to jump over three teams. It's a lot of teams to jump over. Not saying they can't. Certainly not saying they won't. I'm still saying it's 50-50 that they do. And we should consider, too, that St. Louis is only half a game behind the Pirates. San Francisco only a game and a half behind the Pirates. Washington, who kept Bryce Harper, only uh, two games behind the Pirates. And you got to figure those teams, especially Washington, Washington's too good to be this bad for this long. So some of the teams under the Pirates are going to heat up. It's just tough to be one of two teams that survives there. But here's hoping. Better chance now than before they made the trades. And again, thank the players for that. Uh, Mark Madden, let's look at the at the, uh, at the the division stands before I take a break here. Ah, they're seven games behind the Cubs. That's too far back. Unless they sweep this series. The Pirates sweep this series. Good God. They might even sell out a game that doesn't have fireworks if they sweep this series. 105.9 X. Or one, two. I'm going to get heat for that. I don't care. Because i got an ad in front of me that is like, you know how they say if you had 10,000 monkeys banging away on typewriters randomly, they would eventually accidentally type the works of Shakespeare? Well, this is one monkey, 30 seconds. It's just ridiculous. You don't care. I should shut up. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Archer, a pirate. Kella, a pirate. Now, the pirates have sacrificed a bit of future. Meadows and Glasnow. This Hearn kid, the prospect who went to Texas in the Keller deal. They didn't like Meadows. I'm not sure Glasnow was ever going to really turn out 
Needed a change of scenery, that's for sure. Maybe a change of pitching philosophies as well. And this Hearn kid, who knows? Double-A prospect. Does it bother any of you that they did an about-face on the way they deal with prospects and actually dealt prospects? Because they almost never have. I got no problem. I'm overjoyed. I'm too messing. I mean, they're finally acting like now is important. And not when it's like, you know, 13, 14, 15, and they looked pretty good for getting in at this time. They're 50-50 now, even with these guys. But if I'm a Pirate fan now, I can buy a ticket with a clear conscience. Hey, they're trying. I'll buy a ticket. I'm in. They want to win. I want to win. I'll buy a ticket to see them. That's how I would feel if I were a Pirate fan. I really would. This would mean a lot to me as a Pirate fan. I bet it means a lot to that Pirate clubhouse as well. Your thoughts at 412-333-9939? We got Stan Saverin, the great Stan Saverin. He will join me at 430. Then we got Kyle Glazer of Baseball America at uh, 530. Uh, A little Steeler mentioned, I wrote a blog today at WXDX.com. Terrell Edmonds is going to be on the field a lot for the Steelers. You probably heard me and Labriola talk about that. He's the first round pick, the safety. He was supposed to go in the third or fourth round, but the Steelers took Edmonds in the first round, I believe, specifically to be the box safety, to be a hybrid guy, to play in place of a linebacker, maybe to finally replace, well, not finally, because he's only been injured for half a season, but... He might be the guy who replaces Shazier. A a box safety, that's what Troy Pulamalu did. Edmonds is no Troy, although I do like Edmonds' hair, but Edmonds has size and burst and does his best work near the line of scrimmage. He's going to be the box safety on sub packages. Right away, I bet you watch. Big roll for him right away. Uh, The Twitter vigilantes are out in full force. Apparently, high school kids do stupid things. Who'd have thought? Uh, Josh Hader did from Milwaukee. We talked about that at the All-Star break. And now so did Sean Newcomb from Atlanta. He almost pitched a no-hitter, was one strike away, lost it, and then the Twitter police ruined the experience right after. Uh, The Twitter police got Trey Turner, too, from Washington. If you can't be somebody, get somebody. That's America today. That's where we're at. Revenge culture. Social media just isn't worth it. And as you know, who follow me on Twitter, I haven't responded to anyone I don't know in in four months. I really am thinking about just shutting down my Twitter account. Would it hurt this show? Maybe a little bit. But I could never get fired for tweeting something inappropriate or something perceived to be inappropriate. Nowhere in my contract does it say I have to do Twitter. Maybe I'm better off not doing Twitter. Uh, Yeah, what these kids tweeted, these baseball players, what they tweeted was wrong. Kids do dumb crap. And kids don't realize Twitter is a public forum. When you're a kid, when you're like a high school senior, you have like 50 followers, and they're all your friends. Kids think Twitter is a group text, which it basically is till you get famous. And then what happened to Hater and happened to Newcomb 
it happened to Turner could happen to you. Here's something curious. I'm just wondering. I don't. This has no racial overtones. Trust me when I say that. All three of them kids are white. Are they just investing the white Twitters? Has any minority, any person of color ever tweeted anything offensive? I guess not. It never surfaces. I guess that just doesn't happen. And I'm saying that very seriously. They must not. Because I'm sure that nobody would have an agenda when they go to look up who's tweeting what offensively. It's obviously liberty and justice for all, right? Right? Am I right? i got to be right, right? It's America, right? Here's what would be best. If you just minded your own business. Who cares what somebody tweeted when they were in high school? Uh, Jeff Passan, the baseball writer, uh, likes the Archer deal from the race standpoint. He says that the pitching coach, Kyle Snyder, he's six foot eight and is a savant at helping pitchers understand and control their bodies. Tyler Glasnow is a six foot eight pitcher who struggles with repeating his delivery and throwing strikes. It's a perfect situation for him. I think it's a great deal for the Pirates. I like that deal. How about you, Udovich? You make that deal? I don't blame you. Damn good deal. 412-333-9939. I was at the big house in Ann Arbor Saturday. I'll talk about that in a little bit. I'll talk about the idiotic idea that the Steelers should sign Des Bryant, brought up by Antonio Brown. Have you seen the Lev Bell video yet? I'm going to keep repeating it. There's a video with Lev Bell in a strip club. And there's some ass right in front of his face. It is one horrible looking ass. It is the cottage cheesiest ass. This ass looks worse than my ass. Okay? Like if I catch a glimpse of my ass in the mirror, I want to shoot myself. When I saw this ass in, in the video, I wanted to shoot that ass. And I wouldn't be using my love gun either. I mean, just kapow. Knock some of that cottage cheese off right into Lev Bell's lap. Lev, pick up your dollar bills. You're embarrassing yourself. Gather your money and go home. 105. Stand next. 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I'm talking to you, Mark. Hey, so be it. Kill time. Hey, Mark. Big fan. Hey, super genius. How you doing today? Getting funky like a monkey. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X, it's time to welcome now the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. He is Stan Saverin. Stan, before we get to the two specific deals, are the Pirates now a playoff team? How do you rate their chances of grabbing a wild card? Well, I think they're better. Um, I still don't place them at 50-50 because of the um, other teams ahead of them. Uh, I think they've improved themselves. and I'll talk about this specifically, I think it changes the way that the Pirates will approach each and every game. I'll explain that. Um, but I, I don't think that all of a sudden of the seven, let's say, seven teams uh, for the top two wild cards, I mean, I don't place them one, two, and probably not even three, but I do think they've improved themselves and improved their chances. Uh, I agree, and I think they had to do what they did and and. More to the point, couldn't be sellers, couldn't dismantle the team by way of saving money because at long last I think the fans would have totally not bought it and I think the clubhouse would have totally not bought it. I think the Pirates have leaked so much credibility uh, to both those groups 
that they had to go in the opposite direction this time or face some really bad consequences? Well, I don't think that there was ever any chance uh, after the 11-game winning streak they were going to sell. I mean, I think once they got to that point, that was out the window. The question is, uh, how much would they go in? Uh, had they been swept by the Mets, let's say, that might have changed the dynamic, dynamic. Once I got through that you know, series and still within striking distance, I think the die was cast. Uh, they went a lot further, Mark, than I thought they would, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought that, uh, yeah, they were talking about Archer, but I really thought the Kella deal, which was a, you know, I think a good deal for them, uh, and changes the dynamic of how they uh, play from this point out, I thought that would be it. And Frankly, I thought that would be enough, uh, but I did not expect him to go the extra mile. But I also think it's important that even if they don't make the wild card, you're going to get benefit from these two guys for at least, most likely, the next two and, in some cases, three seasons. Uh, I, I, and I think it's a bold move on Huntington's part, but I also think it's calculated because they control Kella through 2020, and if they choose to, they control Archer through 2021. So uh, I think, obviously, they want to get to the playoffs this year, but it's not all, not all in this year or bust. They're still going to have these two guys for a while. Who does Archer displace in the rotation and what are your expectations for him? Uh, he wasn't having a great season in Tampa. No, he wasn't. And um, I mean, to me, obviously, Kingham will be the guy. Um, if he's not sent out, will be sent to the bullpen. More likely, he'll go back to uh, AAA. And I think he's got a good future, but right now, um, he's the guy out. When you stop and consider the way Tyone's been pitching, and you stop and consider maybe more importantly, which I think uh, I think it was a factor in this deal, not only the way Tyone's pitching, he's been great the last month and a half, but Vince, uh, Vince Williams, excuse me, Trevor Williams has thrown 17 consecutive shutout innings. Uh, Musgrove's pitched very strong, had a great game on Sunday. Uh, and Nova is Nova. Uh, I mean, I think uh, I think clearly King will be the odd man out. Um, I have some doubts about Archer, to be honest. Um, he's had success at the major league level. He was an all-star, but if you track him from his all-star season of 16, he's really trended downwards. It's not just this year. If you go back, and yeah, he's been pitching for a bad club. There's no question about that. But if you look at his last two seasons from where he was in 2016 or even 15, you can see that, you know, he's not gotten better. He's trending downward. Maybe that's because he was playing for a bad team. He's in the American League against the DH. He's playing in that division where you're dealing with the Red Sox and the Yankees and you're playing them 37, 38 times a year. Um, He'll be 30 in September. That's not really old for a starting pitcher. Um, but, I mean, I, it, it's not like you, uh, you you traded for Cy Young here either. Well, I agree he's trended downward since 2016, but I definitely think it's worth a try. Uh, Glasnow looked like a bust here, and Meadows, for whatever reason, said they didn't like him. That's one reason I think the Archer deal is a good deal. I don't think the Pirates gave up a ton in return, and as long as they didn't give up Mitch Keller... I don't think anyone was going to have much of a complaint about a, a trade like that. No, and I, I, Keller, to me, would have been hands-off. I'm, I'm not making that deal. And I know you can't protect starters, but I think that maybe within two years, if not less, Mitch Keller will be better than Chris Archer. Here's, I think, what, I think the underlying issue, including Meadows, I don't think it's that they didn't like him. I think there are a couple of factors. I think this may tell us what their strategy is going to be with Corey Dickerson, although let's keep something in mind. 
They don't have to make a decision on Corey Dickerson. They control him next year. He goes to arbitration. He'll make a lot more money, but he doesn't become a restricted, an unrestricted free agent till the year after in, in 2020. That's number one. Number two, I think that not enough people are factoring this in when it came to Meadows. They got this kid, Jason Taylor, in the Garrett Cole deal. He is tearing it up at double A. Now, that's double A. And any prospect has a question mark. But they also got the kid, Brian Reynolds, in the McCutcheon deal. He was injured an early portion of the year. He is tearing it up in double A. So my point is, looking ahead, they still have Dickerson under control for next year. And then they think that either Taylor or Reynolds or both will be major league ready by 2020. And at that point, you've still got Marte and Polanco. You've got these other two guys. Um, so that, to a degree, made metals expendable. We're talking to Stan Saverin, the godfather. He's brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. Uh, Stan, what about the, the Kella deal? Uh, they gave up the one prospect turn, the lefty, uh, the double-A kid for him. I think it's a, a pretty good deal, even though Kella, again, wasn't having a terrific deal in tech, uh, terrific year in Texas, except against right-handed hitters. Now, what's his role? Is he the setup man, or because you got a lefty-righty dynamic going there, might be there situations where Kella would close? I think the only time that Kella closes is if Vasquez has pitched like two days in a row. No manager likes to pitch a closer, or any reliever for that matter, three days in a row. Um, so I think that instead of having to rely on someone else, you can go ahead and pitch Vasquez your two days, and if you need a guy on the third day, if you've managed Keller properly, so he closes for one day. I also think it's a possibility that if you used him, for example, in the eighth, if the, if the first guy up in the ninth was a right-handed hitter, you could use him and then bring in Vasquez. Uh, the one thing I like about him, not only his average uh, against uh, uh, right-handed hitters, which is 125, he's converted, he converted 24 out of 25 save opportunities this year, and that's second best in the American League to our old friend Aroldis Chapman, who converted 28 out of 29 for the Yankees. Uh, and so uh, I think it gives him another option. I also think it gives Hurdle a way to manage in 2018 that's changed the dynamic. You know, I'm looking at the Yankees, and here they have Batances, and they have Chapman, and they have Robertson. They go out and get Zach Britton anyway, partially because they can, but also because the dynamic in baseball has changed. Go back a couple of years when the Indians were playing in the playoffs and Francona was bringing Andrew Miller in the fifth inning, and I'm going to win this game with my bullpen. This now gives, and let's face it, you know, they're starting pitching. You know, they don't go very deep into games. No starter really does anymore. So now, Hurdle has five quality relief pitchers. He's got Vasquez. He's got the new guy, Kella. He's got Crick, who's been terrific. He's got Rodriguez. And he's got Santana. So now, you go to your starter and say, give me five. If you give me six, that's even better. Now I'm going to start to win the game with my bullpen, which, as you'll remember, Mark, they did a lot of that in 2015. Uh, the players deserve praise, don't they, Stan? Because I'm what Huntington said, if we have a great week, you know, right before the All-Star break, then we'll add. And I think the players called Huntington's bluff. Uh, management would have rather sold, I think, but they simply couldn't give in the situation I honestly am not so sure they're happy to be in this position, but 
they followed through on what they promised, and I guess they deserve credit for that. But for me, it's the players who deserve praise. Well, I think, uh, frankly, I think that thing that Huntington said was just the truth. Uh, he said, if we go four and four, um, it wasn't a threat. It was just a fact that, you know, we're not going to gain anything. We, we, you know, we got ourselves behind the eight ball. We have to start gaining now. And that was just a statement of fact. If they'd have gone four and four, it wasn't like, okay, we told, we showed you, we told you what we were going to know. It was, it was a statement of fact. They wouldn't have been in position. I think now you're right. The players, whether that, whether that was motivation for them or not, it was just a statement of fact, but they responded. And now to borrow the line, um, our clubhouse turns its lonely eyes to you. Uh, now what are you going to do? Um, and, and I think, I don't know if this is going to, we talked earlier, Mark, I don't know if this is going to push him over or even near the top. Um, but the reaction I've already seen, we've already done some interviews on TV. I mean, those guys are overjoyed um, because they think it makes them a better team, uh, and it does. But they also think it's a commitment uh, from management that given you know the opportunities, we will go out and do things. Although, again, the caveat is these deals, were, if, they, if they don't work out, it, with the desired effect in 2018, these two guys uh, in the near future are going to be of benefit. Now, long-term future, hey, Hearn's a hell of a prospect. Uh, Meadows is a hell of a prospect. Glass now, we'll, we'll probably, well, maybe we will find out. Yeah, but Stan, let me let me jump in. I'm actually happy about this. I mean, overjoyed, like I'm sure the clubhouse is, because with the Pirates, when the opportunity presents, I want it to be about right now. And it hasn't been about right now often enough, and it's refreshing to see them finally take that approach, even if it did mean double-crossing their own philosophy about almost never trading prospects. I, You know, listen, I'm with everybody else. Um, I, I said any, to anybody who would listen after 2015 um, and what they did in the offseason, my response was, not original, but I meant it, when does now arrive? When is it now? Uh, and if not after 98 wins, when, when will that be? So I'm totally on board with that. I, I think that they have to be a bit cautious in, in terms of buying rentals, which some teams can afford to do. But I, mean, I think this is the smart approach for them. I don't, I don't think that they tiptoed to the pool and just dipped their big toe in to check the temperature. I think they said, okay, we think we can do something with this, and they went ahead and did it. And, listen, when we talk about prospects, well, they didn't lose Keller. Uh, and, and, again, this, this Taylor and Reynolds, I don't think that can be underestimated how important their presence was. But let's face it, uh, Meadows, he was considered the top prospect in the organization, Keller supplanted him, but still, um, Austin Meadows was a no-touch guy. Glasnow, two years ago, was a no-touch guy. They they evaluated them. I think they still were high on Meadows. Glasnow, uh, I really think his last appearance, even though he pitched three scoreless innings, he walked four guys, he was all over the place, 32 pitches in the first inning that he pitched. I think that that said the guy's just not making enough progress. So they let him go. Yeah, I think a change of pace will do Glasnow good. I think it's going to do uh, Archer some good. I think coming to Pittsburgh, he seems enthused on Twitter about it. But again, I'm just glad to see them focusing on right now. And even if they don't make the playoffs this year, like you said, they acquired two guys that can help them in the immediate future, and now maybe the window is reopening. I'm not sure if the window has the same potential the window did between 2013 and 15. 
but it's better than nothing. I agree, Mark. I think you're totally right. And based on the initial reaction, I don't know uh, what you're getting on your your show, but some of the things I've gotten, yeah, there are some naysayers who are saying, well, they should have done done this three years ago. Well, they probably should have, but that's gone now. Um, the fact that they changed it around, um, I, I wonder what the narrative is going to be. I wonder what the attendance is going to be. I mean, I think you and I can judge based on the reaction that we get on talk shows. I mean, the Cubs are here. The weather's awful. Uh, the game's probably not going to get started on time, I'm told. But uh, but anyway, um, you know, the, the uptick in enthusiasm, I think generally it's being well-received. Uh, I want to see how that translates, not only in how they play, but how people react to how they play. Stan, I've not seen Chris Archer pitch often. Uh, because whenever Tampa Bay came on my TV, I just switched it back to a rerun of that '70s show. But uh, but what does Archer have to do to take the next step? Because in a way, his career in Tampa is very similar to what Garrett Cole's was in Pittsburgh, an ace who never quite broke through. Can he break through here in Pittsburgh? And what will it take? Well, um, his stuff is great. I mean, anybody who strikes out that many per inning, and he's averaged over one strikeout per nine this year and his entire career. Um, this is not a good year for him. The ERA is high. Um, he's also given up more than one hit per inning. However, if you go throughout his career, I looked at his numbers, seven years uh, uh, combined in the big leagues, he gives up much less than one hit per inning. To me, that's of value. He's got decent control for a strikeout guy. My only problem with him uh, is that I don't know if the Pirate organization is going to modernize their approach to pitching. I don't think they have. I think that they're still using philosophies that were prominent and prevalent three years ago. The game has changed. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You people wouldn't understand that because you don't have groins. You're a funny guy. That is very funny. Don't interrupt me. The X at 105.9. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Uh, Bob, your take on the two trades, and are the Pirates now a playoff team? I'm really glad they did both of them. Uh, 50-50 on whether they are a playoff team right now, like you and Stan talked about. That's a bunch of teams that they got to yeah, I thought over. about it. I think they're still less than 50-50. Still less? Not a lot less. I'd say 40-60 that they will not make it. Uh, because of the teams There's in front of There's just too many them? teams in the scramble. And there are just enough of a deficit and behind just enough teams. And I know Washington's a lot better than their record, and now they've kept Bryce Harper and probably won't fall apart. I, I just think it's still an uphill battle, even with Archer and Kellett. Uh, I'll put them at 50-50, Mark, just because looking at some of those teams also, look, the Nats, they say they don't have a mess of a clubhouse, but from all points, it looks like they absolutely have a mess of a clubhouse. Well, what do you He's expect? Got- their best player is the biggest a-hole in the world. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, <laughs> it sounds familiar, <laughs> but, um, you know, you've got other teams like the, the Giants. I don't think they're going to do much. The Brewers have been sloughing off lately. I don't know if they continue the pace that they had the first half, whereas the Pirates now have pieces and an attitude where they can continue the pace that they've had over the last couple of weeks. Not maybe as well as they have, but maybe in the same ballpark, Mark. Uh, I think that they're rejuvenated right now. You've seen tweets coming out from the clubhouse. You know, fans are engaged now. The players are engaged. There's a sun coming up over the Pirates clubhouse. People are loving it, including the players. And, oh, no, uh, I think they had to do this for the clubhouse and for the fans. Agree with you. I think if they got on that hot streak and not added or worse yet dropped a starting player or two, I think it would have been revolution in the streets, but this way they 
it, there's no, it can't go too wrong now. If they don't make it, like Stan said, they got Kella and Archer moving forward. Things are going to be good. No, you're right, Mark. Absolutely. It's going to be better. You're right. And the one thing that I'm, I'm going to give this 24 hours. I'm not looking ahead to playoffs. I'm not looking ahead to what I think those prospects that the Pirates gave up might be able to do with another organization. But I am going to look at how these people coming to the Pirates can help their team, like you keep saying, now. I mean, what a ridiculously simple but important word. Finally, it seems like Pirates management has gotten the message that the fans want it to be now. And by all points, they came through. Bob, uh, what do you think uh, this series against the Cubs means now? I said something a minute ago that's absurd, but not too absurd. What if they would sweep the Cubs or win the series, and they creep up that little much more in the division race? The the division is always simpler to make. There's less teams to deal with. There's a clear-cut target. No, great point. Great point. I agree with all of that. You know, if they sweep the Cubs, Mark... We just talked about, you know, the wave that they're riding right now. Well, that wave gets a lot bigger and a lot stronger. I mean, it shows that they are right there now with the creme de la creme of the National League. You know, if that if they can prove that to themselves, they've got a lot to build on. And it seems, you know, a lot of people don't take that for, you know, it doesn't mean anything. You know, if you get like Craig Wolfley, what does he call it? Uh, the mojo, you know, the mojination. Um, there's something to that, I think, at this point in the game and when you make the moves that the Pirates have made today. They can get a huge boost if they sweep the Cubs, although I'm not going to say that that's going to happen. No, I'm not either. In fact, the, the way the Pirates are, it wouldn't shock me if the Cubs swept that. <laughs> I don't want to go there. It, I, I'm on a good vibe right now, Mark. Don't don't hashtag buzzkill. What, what about the, the fact that neither Archer nor Kella have great stats? I mean, Archer is killing, excuse me, Kella is killing right-handed hitters, which is the main reason they brought him in. Right. But but Archer's not had a great year, like 3-5 and five ERA, you know, not great, up over 4. But but they're, they're getting him based on his potential, and, and I get that because he's still not an old guy. But I think it's bigger than that right now. I think it's the... It's the continental shift that the Pirates have just made. They've thrown away their business model. They've thrown away what people are so mad at them for doing over oh, the years. Oh, never trading prospects. Although, aren't Meadows and Glasnow kind of old to be prospects? Hearn's a prospect. Yeah, but I, again, I don't want to nitpick that. because you know, Hearn's only 29, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, look, they still hadn't proven themselves in the major league. Well, Meadows is 23. Way. I'm sorry. Meadows, I got wrong. He's 23. Yeah, it's look. I, I still want to live in the moment of now. Glasnow's twenty four. My God, they are prospects. Yeah, They're, I was thinking that Glasnow sticks. That's the only problem, <laughs> right? Well, look at the reaction. I think people are just as happy to get him out of Pittsburgh as they well, are to get other what, people Bob, here. You show how I've been hypnotized by the way the Pirates do business. Any place else, twenty three and twenty four right. isn't a prospect. <laughs> you need right. to have made it. By 23 and 24. Right. Uh, again, another good point to end on. It's just good times right now for the next, I won't say 10 to 12 hours. Oh, that's what they the said about Jimmy Walker. That's Bob McLaughlin. I'm Mark Madden. USA Today published the most ridiculous article ever. I'll get to that in 30 seconds here on 105.9.